Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. If you're watching us stream live right here on Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel, or if you're listening on podcast live and uh, happy whatever day it is, whatever time you choose to tune in on any day, you are always welcome. I am Cynthia Garrett and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. You know the place you're about to get real girls having real talk about real issues while always seeking to apply real faith. To those issues. So I just want to kick us off by acknowledging the fact that we have been knee deep in a 21 day challenge in identity that uh, we issued here at Girls Club to start the year, you know, to really start 2023, getting ourselves planted in our identity. If you have not signed up to take the 21 day identity challenge, it is free please go to CynthiaGarrett.org or send us an email to hello at CynthiaGarrett.org um, and, and get yourself signed up. You know, it, it, you'll, we'll send you something. You'll have everything you need to do. You'll have 21 days of identity affirmations that you are going to speak over yourself to change your life. If you're struggling to know what your purpose is, If you're struggling to know if the career you're in is okay, does it bring glory to God that you're an actress, a singer, a songwriter, an artist? I have to throw that one in there because we're a bunch of artists here and um, actors and uh, singers and songwriters and painters and all of the above, right? So we're always doing a temperature check to make sure that we are actually living our lives and serving the God that we love so much, you know, are we good representations of Christ in a world that desperately needs good representations of people who say they like Christ? Cause there's a whole lot of poor representations, right? We all know the, the horror stories. So we've been talking a lot about identity and I just want to do a, a, a quick, you know, quick kind of recap here because <laughs> our culture is really interested in the journey of discovering individual identity personality tests, right? Dream assessments. There's even BuzzFeed quizzes that are available everywhere you look. Like everywhere you look, you can find some sort of ripoff 
that will tell you what your identity is. And it seems like everyone is basically searching for something to tell them who they are and where they belong and how they're supposed to relate to the world. Well, the Bible, that's right, the Bible, still the same book, never gone away. No matter how you try to get rid of it, it never will go away. It seems to be outlasting all of us who say we believe in it and all of us who don't say we believe in it. So the Bible says that all men and women are created in God's image. Humankind was created to reflect some of God's attributes. And you can look for your identity anywhere, but followers of Jesus are called to find their identity in him, right? So if you're created in the image of God and you want to know more about God, you got to look deeply and closely into the face and the reality and the life of Jesus Christ. Now, while our world encourages you to look within yourself for your identity, and your natural tendency is to search for your identity in external things, right? So we know this is true. We live in a world that basically tells us, you know, some people believe that they themselves are God. Um, some people believe that they're responsible for making their own destiny happen and, and you know, for the flesh being able to be in control of everything. And, and yes, faith is an action. I believe if you want to walk across the floor and God gave you two feet, you put one foot in front of the other. And before you know it, you're walking across the floor. Faith is a verb. It's an action. I get that. However, most of us know <laughs> when you know that it is God who's enabling all things. So the human tendency and what the world tells us to do is to search for your identity in external things. Now, one of the first places that you can be tempted to look to is your career. And I really get that one because to be honest with you, I spent a lot of time looking at my career to define me. You know, I did. I, I, I mean, it just made sense to me that I was what my career said I was, that my importance was rooted in what I achieved or what I did or who my friends were, Right. So we spend a lot of time and energy pursuing careers and, and it can cause you to feel like it's a defining characteristic of who you are, because after all, a job that you're dedicated to is likely to take up most of your time and attention anyway. So it's not a difficult trap to fall into, but it is a trap. It is a trap, just the same. Jobs and careers are closely connected to other places where you can search for your identity also such as financial success and status, of course, because if you make a job or a career, the definition of who you are, then you need that job and that career to be successful. So now you're looking at your financial success or your status, the number of likes, follows, affirmations that you have in order to affirm that the career you've chosen is actually the correct God that you should be serving. And it doesn't stop there. We also ask our relationship statuses, right? We do. We look at our relationship statuses. We look at our appearance. If you're in school, a lot of us looked at our grades. Some of you still look at your grades and your reputation. We look at that also. We look at all of it to provide some sense of identity. But you are not what you wear. You are not who you're dating. You are not the grade you got in your last class. And a whole lot of us are nothing like the reputation that a lot of other people who may not even understand where we are in Christ project on us. 
So any or all of these might feel like solid foundations to build on, but none of them are permanent, you guys. You know that can all go away. If you don't have any money, you can't buy the clothes. You know, what if you can't get the relationship status that you think you should have? Any of these things could change without any warning whatsoever. And if you base your identity on things like success and wealth and power and physical appearance and so on, you're setting yourself up for a whole lot of disappointment. Like a sudden job loss could leave you questioning your choices in life, like your entire life. That's why people jump out of windows when the stock market crashes or take their lives in some other crazy way because they're not feeling happy. They're not feeling fulfilled and successful on the inside. And literally for a lot of people, one single piece of gossip that's aimed in your direction could destroy your reputation, even if it's not true. So building your identity on your reputation is really crazy because in the age of, and I'm just going to call it, you know, I wish that Me Too and Time's Up had focused more on children because a lot of women ha have power now to lobby accusations at men that aren't even true and destroy everything about their life because it destroys their reputation. And your appearance is going to change as you get older. I mean, we know that. Men and women, you're going to get older. Your appearance will change. And honestly, <clears throat> to me, the most beautiful people as they age are the people that age with a real confidence in who they are, a real foundation about their identity. You know, those people get more beautiful as they get older. They don't cut themselves to shreds and inject themselves like crazy and change their physical appearance, thinking that's going to change the outward condition of their lives. I mean, it is crazy how many 30-something-year-old women I see one week and the next week, they've put so much silicone in their lips, their mouth looks like, I'm sorry, the back end of a running bear. Like, come on. And does that make you any different? No. And it's okay. There's no judgments here. If you want to go and nip and tuck, nip and tuck away. But what I'm trying to tell you, daughter and son, is that nothing you nip and tuck from your physical identity is going to help you with your interior identity, which is ultimately where your confidence and your life is going to be lived from. Out of the overflow of the heart come the issues of life. So God is the only thing that is unchanging. God is the only thing that's reliable. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is Bible. That is scripture. And if you find your identity in him, him, God, you will never, ever, ever ultimately be let down because God's proven not just that he's God, but he's proven time and time again to be trustworthy. And for those of you who know him, the older that you get, we build this resume with God where we can look back on the things that he's done and know that he's been trustworthy and faithful through our lives. And if you're young and you're just building your resume with God, give it time. Write down every day when God gets you through something. Even if it's just that you had a great day, know that that is God. Because we live in a fragile world and we live a very fragile existence and things can change in a moment. So know, know that even a joy-filled, fun day was probably a blessing from the Lord. 
unless your fun has been found in something that you know is not godly. So it's important as you define your identity that God not be just an aspect of who you are, like I'm a Christian or I'm religious or how about this one? I'm spiritual. I love that one. A lot of that can mean nothing. A lot of people will tell you I'm a Christian or I'm spiritual. And if you look at the fruit of their lives and their behavior, what you see is shocking, horrifying, inconsistent with the God that you may know in the Bible, right? A God who doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you can line the fruit of most people's spirit up against scripture, and a lot of them are falling short. This isn't to judge people. This is just for you to understand that these labels are just an aspect of who you are. Your walk is way more important than your talk. And understanding your identity in God starts with understanding who he is and what he says about himself and what he says about you. Your identity can be defined by who God is making you to be in his image. Okay? So joining me in studio this week are two of my rock star sisters, two regular tribal members here at Girl Club, my co-hosts, Nova Page and Christina Boudreaux. And uh, hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> it's it's good it's good to see you and your identities looking so great on screen. <laughs> that was a great intro, Cynthia. Thank you for mm, that. Thank you, Nov. Very yeah, I, I I I think this whole challenge has been really interesting. And and I I kind of thought, you know, as you guys know, we issued a challenge to everyone watching and listening to make videos kind of as they go through what they're going through and send them to us here at hello at CynthiaGarrett.org. And um, because we want to know, you know, kind of, well, first of all, we'd love to air your video because I think it's really cool to actually see who some of the women are who follow us regularly. And, um, and I want to know what you guys are thinking and going through. And um Nova and CB, I mean, if if you have a comment, I'd love to hear your comment just about the challenge thus far before we actually pull it, pull in a video um, from one of our regulars. And uh, I wanted to look at a couple of videos she sent in. She's been so faithful sending in videos, and it's so awesome and um, and moving that she's allowing us to be a part of her journey in Christ, you know? So I don't know, have you, how have you been affected by this whole kind of let me speak identity to my life and see if it impacts me challenge? I've been really honestly studying the life of Joseph quite a bit mm. and something stood out and it actually really convicted me because, you know, we all put things on, we all wear, you know, Joseph had two robes stolen from him. So the first one was from his dad, right, that his brothers took. And then the second one was actually, which I never even put together, but it was Potiphar's wife when she came and was like, Joseph. Wow. And he's like, I don't want anything to do with you. And then she used his robe as evidence that he came after her. But what did he, what was he able to leave with his integrity and his character? And it, wow. you know, she did ruin him. He went back in, but it's interesting that Joseph never let what he wore change who he was. And I was like, Lord Jesus, I have worn a lot of titles in my life. I have worn pastor's wife, 
that got gone this year. I've worn pastor that got gone last year. Um, I've worn a lot of, you know, I'm this, I'm that. And, you know, I'm even friend and have lost friends. And I've had to just take back and like, look at that, the life of Joseph and go, okay, wow. Who am I when my robes get taken? Who am I? And that has been my year. And, and I, I, I can truly and honestly tell you, as I've been challenged in this identity challenge that, um, I am walking into 2023 in this challenge, speaking out free freedom over my life. So I, I say I'm free. I'm free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, my robe can be taken, um, but I belong to Jesus and I'm his girl. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to hang on to that identity. I'm his girl. Yeah. yeah. And, and you yeah. know what? He's doing a work in his girl. Yeah. And I, I, it's been hard, but it's yeah. been good. Yeah. That's Nova. That's so awesome. Honestly, that it's, it's so awesome. You know, if you're a regular listener and you've journeyed with us through a lot of things, including a very lengthy series on church hurt, church abuse, you know, um, and overcoming that, then you know, the journeys that have taken place here and the conversations and the learning that we've had here and, um, and the teachings you know, that we've tried to give you guys here. And, and it's, it's amazing Nova to, to hear that because I know, you know, when someone steals your robes, you know, or smashes your reputation or all these external things, right. They can go away. And it's, uh, if your identity were any more rooted in those things than it is, than it is, or was, you could, you'd be destroyed. Totally destroyed. Yeah, totally destroyed. And and honestly, Cynthia, like the thing that that really popped up in me is like the the soil of my life. Like there's so much that has to happen for things to grow. I got to pick the rocks. I got to make sure there's like the right, you know, I have a little garden. I'm like, you got to make sure the acid is right and the right soil and the things. And and what this year took and what I I am taking from this challenge is I not only need to self-reflect, not even with my own thoughts, but I ha- in light of God's word and who he says I am, I have to self-reflect according to the truth of God's word. Yeah. And that's it. And, and, that, and that means I take a look at the soil of my life. Mm. And, I, and, and there's some weeds that have, have had to be picked. Yeah. There are some, some rocks that had to be thrown out. <clears throat> You know, and uh, and there are some things that looked the same as the plant that I planted. I wasn't sure if it was a weed or whatever. So I just left it. And then, you know, God takes care of it. And then, you know, I get to harvest and go, oh, well, I guess that wasn't that. But that's okay. This plant still grew. This part of my life still grew. And I think uh, that has been really, really helpful. And honestly, I guess maybe I would encourage women to, you know, we do live, like you said, Cynthia, in this world where everybody's trying to find their identity. And most of the time it's like, you don't like who I am. Well, forget you. Bye. Instead of going, let me self-reflect. Let me challenge myself to become something different in the light of who Christ is in my life, in in the light of how he loves me. And I I, I think we people self-reflect 
just for sake of thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm all that, but I, I, I think we have to be different as we self-reflect. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, because what does Jesus tell us, right? Be ye continually transformed by the renewing of your mind in self, in Christ Jesus, in self Jesus. That's funny, but, but I mean, it really, it really is, uh, it's a continual process in which our mind needs to be renewed. And the only way that I know how to renew my mind is in self-reflection. And, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said, Nova, because it's like I have definitely been pulling up weeds and throwing out rocks that I planted in my own garden. You know, things that maybe you mm. hear or heard along the way and you allowed that to grow you know, a seed of fear or a seed of doubt or, you know, whatever, just a behavioral thing where you realize like, I have to pull this up. This isn't serving my life. You know, I need to get rid of this behavioral pattern or whatever it is. And man, you know, even having gone through this last surgery with my husband and, and, and for those of you who are regulars, um, my husband's had a number, he's had actually just had his fifth surgery in the last three years. And uh, the last surgery I shared with you guys, all, I, I mean, I had a mental break. It was so difficult. It was, I was curled up in a ball in the car in the parking lot of the, of the hospital because I couldn't sit in the lobby because I was freaking out. Uh, it was beyond just like crying with worry. I was hysterical. I mean, it was demonically empowered fear on steroids and some, I, I put Joyce Meyer on in the car and I was like, I'll listen to anything. I just need to put the word of God in. I just need to put the word of God in. And in a way, I guess what I didn't realize is that was my act of faith. I mean, I was in such a place of, you know, fear and doubt and, you know, unfaith that all I could find was a mustard seed. So I put on Joyce Meyer and I started listening and I'm hyperventilating through that. And then my niece, uh, Summer, who's a regular around here, she texted me and I said, I really need to pray. She called me and she started praying to break the, this, the, you know, the enemy off of me. She's praying for peace. And, and, and then at the end of her prayer, the doctor called and and the nurse, he had his nurse call while they were in surgery because he said, I, he felt like I might be worried. So he wanted to know that everything was going great. Well, I know that that was God and I praised him and I, and I, and I was so grateful and we, everything went well when we got through the surgery and, and then it pops up, you know, eight weeks later that he has to go in for another one. And in this particular surgery, in between the two, I did a lot of inner healing work, dealing with fear and feeling uh, you know, and unbelief and feeling as if God didn't see the problem. A lot of stuff that was there from my past, stuff that had been there, a, a, a part of me that likes to control things, you know, feels like it has to control things to get the outcome that is good, right? And God dealt with all of it. I mean, going all the way back through my childhood and I brought it all to him and to get healed of so much stuff. And going into this surgery, there was a certain point, like when my husband said, I feel something in my neck, I need to have another surgery, I think. There was like this supernatural calm that, has, that it just carried me through the whole thing. I was able to sit in the waiting room and 
you know, have a couple conversations with people, encourage some other people who were waiting there. I, I, I was so aware that I was so supernaturally not what I was the time before that I kept stopping going, okay, God, this has to be you. Like this has to be you. And I know that there are people out there who have experienced that where your reaction to a situation that used to cause you to behave a certain way before you maybe checked in with your identity in Christ. And now you behaved a different way in the face of that same sort of test or challenge. Like, you know, that that was God. And I know that there are people who understand and have seen their own growth because they've allowed God to take over in an area or with a, a particular issue. So that's why the identity challenge is so important to us around here, you guys, because if you know who you are and you know who God is, then you know who you're supposed to be because you're created in his image. And it's just so much more powerful. And you get through things so completely differently than people who don't have a relationship with God. You know, they don't know that they have a savior in Jesus Christ. They don't know what the word says about their identity. The Bible is the owner's manual for each and every life on this planet. And it is shocking to me that people shun it and reject it. It's shocking to me. So the timing of this, I think, is always important, right? And so I just wanted to pull in the first video. I thought we'd watch it together. And this goes back to the beginning of the 21 days. Um, this is a, 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 a just a regular of ours whom we love, who I always call Miche. And it turns out her name is Mish. It's pronounced Mish which she lovingly shares in this video. And, and you guys, I just want to introduce you to one of our Girl Club regular family members who is always interacting and supporting. And this is kind of how she started her 21-day challenge. So Anna, would you roll video? Girl Club, it's Mish. Not Miche, Mish, but you can go on saying Miche. I love it. I think it's very interesting that this morning which is the start of the 21 day challenge. I woke up firmly believing God saying, you've got to stop doing so much. You're doing too much. And I decided to drop my Spanish class for all sorts of reasons. Um, and I didn't know why. I thought, well, yeah. So I dropped the class, I apologized to the tutor uh, and said, I've just got too much going on. I want to spend more time doing other things. And then tonight I listened to Cynthia, your girl club, and there is the 21 day challenge. There we are, that's a godsidence. Um, I'm looking forward to doing it. Um, I think it might be quite humbling as I dig deeper into myself and my identity in Jesus. I think I'm going to learn a lot from that. But yeah, you know, God has a great sense of humor. <laughs> Bye girls. Okay. Could so, she be cuter though? I know. The best, She's right? So the cute. best. The yes, best. I want to hug you, Mish. <laughs> I know. Completely. And and Mish, you have no idea how it touched us. Um you were the first person to send in a video and um we're just we're just blessed, you know? And and you guys and she has really taken this very seriously and I I want to highlight something she said that I love, a godsidence. Okay, so a lot of us have those 
godly coincidences that we know are not coincidences. So I love the word godsidence, but I thought it was very interesting that she knew that God told her that she was just being busy. Okay, we're women. You guys, I am the queen of busy. I am the queen of busy. I mean, I can busy myself with 40,000 things to do, but then like if something important comes up, I'll say to my husband, oh yeah, no, we don't have to do that. And he's like, but I thought that was really important. I was like, yeah, no, it's not. It can be done tomorrow. And I realized how much of the busy is just a distraction from being busy with my father, with my heavenly father. Because God gives us seasons where he wants us to be busy with him so he can grow us and prepare us for like the next season or for whatever we're getting ready to walk into. And I think as we walk into this year, I think it's a real blessing that the Lord said to me, like, hey, daughter, I'm going to give you something to be busy with that matters. And I'll tell you, it's really simple, you guys. We can be Martha's or we can be Mary's. And Mary chose the greater thing. So I think a part of our identity really needs to be rooted in being Mary and choosing the greater thing, which is to busy ourselves with him more, you know, and things like this identity challenge. It's simple, you guys. It's a short scripture. Like I didn't even make this complicated because I know how complicated our lives can be. But just that one thing over your life every day, speaking it and sitting with it is so powerful. Um, So, and you know, I got to a place, I think I've said to some of you before, where I would write scripture on post-it notes and put it all over my house back in the year 2000. So what, 23 years ago now, in January of 2000, I started that because I was extremely successful on the outside, but I was really crumbling with stuff on the inside. There was a lot going on inside of me because the, the, I think the damage from my sexual abuse was really beginning to come to a head, uh, my sexual abuse as a little girl. And um, man, those scriptures posted all over my house. Like I would walk through my home and I could see them and I would read it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are the first and not the last. You are more than a conqueror. You know, like I needed that to get out of the door you know, out of the front door in the morning to go to my studio set at NBC where I was filming my show later with Cynthia Garrett at the time. And, um, and it was crazy. It was a crazy fertile time though. Fertile. Cause it's, I don't know why it seems like humans, you know, like why do we grow when we're in the worst moments of our life? You know, uh, when we're in joy, we tend to not grow as deeply, which is, you know, right? Like my mommy, yeah. my mom even said, why do we have to slap a dog on its nose for it to know it can't pee in the house? <laughs> you know, hmm. it is, it is pretty, pretty trippy to me. It's, it's something you said kind of sparked me if it's okay for me yeah. to share, but, um, yeah. you know, like, and, and Boudreaux, I, I, we want to hear from you, but I, I feel like I, I need to share this other thing that kind of popped up. But I think what you said, Cynthia, is like, why does it take the really hard times? And like, even in those really hard times, that scripture that comes up, like just if you just have faith of a, like a, a mustard seed, just like a little bit. And what honestly, I'm not a, 
well, I, I grew up on a farm, but I'm not a farmer of like those kind of things. We farm turkeys, but that's a whole other girl club. Um, <laughs> but I realize about the mustard seed and I don't know if we've talked about it here, but like, I didn't know that mustard, like if you just put a little bit in a field, it just like the whole field just gets crazy and like takes over crops and stuff. Oh. So I was like, Oh, so it's not like if you have a little faith, like God will just make, it's like, if you have a little faith, all of a sudden God's just like, he's going to blow your mind. And I I, honestly, like, I think that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. And that's what happened to you. Yeah, no, but that's so beautiful that you just shared that because uh, now I get it because I always say, I've said it for years, like, if you just take one tiny step toward God, he literally runs to meet you and does everything. And that makes so much sense as right? to the mustard seed. Our little tiny know step it. is the seed. <laughs> right. And I know, guys, and I know you know how tiny a mustard seed is, right? Like, um, you can't even see it hardly. Like, you can't even just- hardly. Yes, you can't even hardly see it. And I remember uh, one year, um, for those of you who are college basketball fans and maybe NBA fans, and you know who Mario Chalmers is, he won a championship with the Miami Heat a number of, I don't know, a number of years back. His mom, Almarie Chalmers, is a friend of mine and a really powerful and strong and beautiful Christian woman, beautiful woman of God. And Mario one year was, and, and I, who told, someone told me about this when we got to the University of Kansas where my son played basketball and her son had just graduated. And she gave everyone in the stands the year they won the championship at KU a mustard seed. And she went all through the stands and she said, if we just have faith, the size of a mustard seed, God will do it. God will do it. Well, they won the college, the NCAA tournament that year with Mario Chalmers as the point guard. And you guys, it is crazy because now that I think about it, oh my goodness, if every single person, 14,000 people had just a teeny tiny pinpoint of faith and God you know, basically takes over fields for it. How could they have lost, you know, it's, and how can we lose? Yeah. (sighs) It's yeah. It's so, it's so cool. Like it, yeah, it's just, it's just so it makes the word of God totally just come alive though in our lives. Right. And that's, that's the whole point. It's like, we, we, we read his word and it, 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 you know, the word is active and sharper than any double edged sword. And that's, that's what God's word is. And that's how he activates that in our life. And, and that's how our identity gets activated. Cause we can just go in there and it always, you know, it, the word of God always gets new. Yeah. <laughs> it always becomes fresh and new, yeah. right. Yeah. As we dig in, as we dig into it, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and cool. it is, it is definitely sharper than any two-edged sword because when you, that, and by the way, that's why these affirmations are so powerful. And last week, you know, we did a, we did a clip from an old show of mine, the London sessions on TBN, which you can watch at CynthiaGarrett.org. Just go on the website. You can find it. If you're so inclined to watch that series, uh, I think it's eight or 10 episodes of real, just it's a one hour talk show powerhouse. But anyway, I read the affirmations a couple of times on my TBN series and I don't talk. I just read. This is what God says about us. And it's so powerful how the atmosphere shifts and women start weeping because no one feeds their little tiny faith seed 
with what it needs to grow enough. Like we don't hear enough about what God says about us. We hear every day about what the world says about us and what the enemy is saying to our own mind about us. That's what we hear. You know, that's, that's most of us have a steady diet of thinking we are crap, basically. And we're not, we're not. We are so fearfully and wonderfully made and so, so equipped to do anything you know that it's 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 really a beautiful thing. Um, CB, if you if you have a comment, I'd love to hear from you at this point. If not, we'll bring in Mish's second video. Mish, yeah, Mish. See, I keep <laughs> I, I I keep doing it. I am now so this conditioned. Is a joke. Now, now it's a joke. joke. <laughs> oh, Mish, Mish, I love you. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, CB, do you want to wait till after the second video to chime in? Yeah, I could wait. Okay, dude. All right. Because I, I, I know you always have some wisdom to drop, so I'm ready to hear it. Um, I can wait. Yeah, I can wait. Okay. All right. So let's hear, let's hear um, from Mish, uh, our, our Girl Club regular. We're, this, is, this is the second video she sent as she's getting into the challenge now. Well, Anna, I can't promise a video every night, um, but this is day two, um, John 8, verse 31 to 32. I don't think it's one John eight because that doesn't exist. Um, anyway, um, I found reading aloud that helped that setting me free. Um, and my only thought is that the more I believe in God, the more God reveals himself to me. And that has set me free from my old self. I'm a new person and I want to be more like Jesus. I don't want to be like me. Yeah, so that's my thought for today. Um, thanks a lot. Bye. Okay, I love that. So cute. Yeah, so yeah. I know. Mish, you're the best. You're the she's best. She's like a warm hug. I'm just, she's, yeah, she's It's cute. true. It's true. You're like the sister that we really are dying to hug right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, uh, so authentic. And, and it's, by the way, uh, did we put a one in front of that, John? So there, so if there's a typo in that, please forgive us. Um, when you get, when you get your, you know, your download of those scriptures, but, um, I am set free. Oh, it does look like maybe, maybe that because of that bar looks like mm. the spacer bar anyway, John, um, John eight. So to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You guys. Okay. It's right there. And Mish talks about it in her video. First of all, if you hold to my teaching, if you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. That means we are required to do something. We are required to fill ourselves up with the word of God and the teachings of Christ and hold on to them. And the only way you can hold on to anything is to keep, you know, keep adjusting your grip on it, right? You, it's true. And then you will know the truth. If you hold on to something, you're going to eventually know it, right? You don't even have to hold it in your hands anymore because it's now in your mind and in your heart, it's in your spirit and in your soul, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That is ultimately what this is all about. When you root your identity in the truth of the fact that you were created by God with a plan and purposes for your life, and you were, I don't care what you believe or what the world is telling you, you did not just pop up. 
We are created. We have a creator, okay? And when you know the truth of what the creator says about you and your life and how you're created in his image, so you get to know who he is, so you understand who you are, that truth will set you free, period. And we all want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free from people's judgments. I want to be free from friends who have hurt me with their judgments and projections. You guys, I mean... I've got a couple people in my life whom I have loved with an unconditional love. I have loved them through what the word of God would call deep sin, deep sin, you know, through identity confusion, through loss, you know, uh, through all kinds of stuff. And the first moment they could jump on finding something to dislike in me, they seize that opportunity. And it's very interesting. And with some of those people, it's as simple as you went on Fox News. And I'm like, you know what? I know who I am. I'm not in my 20s anymore. And, and I think that's also very challenging to people that may have known me for a long time. I'm not the little girl that walked in the door saying, like me, will you like me? Will you affirm me? Will you follow me? Will you help me? Will you promote me? Will you bless me with a new job? I ain't that girl anymore. I'm the girl who knows who she is in Christ. Sorry if that's intimidating and threatening. I will go on anyone's show to promote the cause of the gospel and Christ, period. I mean, if Hitler has a show and you want to book me to talk about Jesus, I'm coming. You're going to get the truth as I see it. I don't change, you know? And I said to this person, I'm like, hey, look, if CNN would invite me on, I'd go there too. I don't care where I go to share the things I'm passionate about. And I realized that even in politics, the thing I am most passionate, passionate about has to do with the way God sees issues and political things that are going on. And it is not about... Democrat or Republican, it is about the fact that I am ashamed of the entire leadership structure of my own nation much of the time. It's terrible the way that grown men and women behave. They're despicable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if it weren't for Christ in me, my hope of glory, you know, I would probably go on a whole lot of rants about them, you know, on social media (laughs) and not really care. But the reality is I care about, you know, I care the way God cares, you know, that, I mean, no matter how lost or confused or messed up people are, God, God has an opinion. He has a judgment of facts and he, he has love and mercy and grace for wanting those people to repent and to turn from their wicked, selfish, flesh-motivated ways. And I see that on both sides of the aisle, mm-hmm. politi- politically. Yeah. You know, yeah. we got a Jesus problem, at, at yeah. least in this nation, and I dare say the world. Oh, yeah. You know. Yep. So, CB, yeah. you, you say what? Yeah, I do. I've had a... I'm going on like event number five in like a week tomorrow. 
just had like a heavy, you know, just one of those battle weeks where I've just like had a school assembly yesterday. But whosoever is, I have a women's conference tomorrow I'm speaking at here at a Calvary Chapel in Corona. And uh, when you're just in the grind, man, when you're in the grind. And um, I think I, I really love what you said, Cynthia, because I think people, even when people don't always know, you know, I think people will, will always expect more from us um, in seasons. Like, you know, I had a conversation with someone a couple of days ago. They're like, well, why aren't you doing this? And I'm thinking, dude, like, do you know what I'm already doing? <laughs> you know? And then, and it's like, it's like, and I, I've had to realize like the Lord's shown me like three things lately. Like there's an identity that he says about us. There's an identity that others see about us. And there's an identity that we see in ourselves. And that has to do with our value as well. Cause we could say, okay, God values us, but do we value ourselves? You know what I'm saying? Like, does that go deep? Like we could say, God says this about me or I'm a daughter, but do I believe I'm a daughter, you know, or, or we could say, um, you know, that person values me or other people value me, but do I value myself? Because it's really, it's like the truth of our identity in Christ isn't truly made alive in us until that seed goes deep and truly plants. And we're living from that place of identity and we're living from that place of value. And when you live from that place of identity and value, it really dictates and directs how we live our life, our relationships, even in the season when people are like, you know, wanting to put more demands on me, well, why aren't you doing this or that? I'm like, I'm good, dude. You know? And they're just like, okay, okay. You know, but, um, one thing that has, I was just kind of sitting in as we were like talking and listening, you know, just today was how oftentimes, at least what God has been showing me the last couple of weeks is that the things that have happened to me, like even the life of Joseph, what you're saying, Nova, I can't allow the things that have happened to me, the bad things that have happened, the gnarly things that have happened to determine the way I see myself, right? To determine, um, how I see myself even in the Lord's eyes because sometimes I look at other people's lives and just to be completely honest sometimes I that's where my comparison over the last five years have come in because I've had just a lot of really hard things that have happened um and I sat with um I go to Calvary Chapel Golden Springs like Pastor Raul Reese's church and I was sitting with his assistant pastor Pastor Dale a couple weeks ago I said Pastor Dale I, I really need to make an appointment with you it happened that day like I was able to get an appointment with him and I just talked with him I was like you know why has the Lord allowed these things in my life you know like the church that I'm at now is so amazing I love Calvary Chapel Golden Springs and but I've had two other faith settings before I came here where I experienced sexual harassment and when I spoke up I was spiritually abused because it was shut down and my voice wasn't heard and it later came out and these people were dealt with, but that apology was never there, you know, and I have asked the Lord, you know, like, cause there was a day, you know, when I was sitting in church where the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to acknowledge that the last two churches you were at, you experienced sexual harassment and spiritual abuse. And I was mm. like, Oh shoot. Because I recognized inside of me, I was like, Lord, because um, well, well, the first thing the Lord showed me was like when I was rehabbing my horse that was an off the track race horse, I didn't re see any injuries in him in the first four months I had him. But the last trainer that came that was working with him to rehome him, 
I recognized a limp in his front leg, his front right leg. And I said, what is that? So when the vet came, the vet said, you know, he has a splint in his leg. And I said, well, where did it come from? And she said, you know, it probably came from the racetrack and it's only now showing itself. But she said, he's good because he was going to be a jumper and he's a jumper now. She said, you know, it's very easy. It's very minor. We're going to rehab him. He's going to be great. And I thought it was so profound that we caught it when he went from one career to the next one season to the next, it was like right before he was about to be a jumper, we caught it. And because he's now healed, he's like a champion. He's doing so great. And that's what the Lord spoke to me. It was like, Christina, like there's a part of you that still feels sometimes um, even, you know, as I travel, I walk into faith settings, you know, churches where there's a part of me that still feels like, that there was like a limp, you know, like in my front right leg, you know, spiritually, right. And I would always ask the Lord, like, what is that? And he showed it to me, like, it was because in this setting, in both settings where there was sexual harassment taking place, the Lord allowed me to be a recipient of it because I had to speak up on the behalf of myself, plus many other people that were being sexually harassed. And, um, and basically that day in, in Pastor Dale's office, he gave me my voice back. He said, Christina, you are now in a safe church. You are now in a safe place. You are now in a place where we love you here. Like, you know, this is Raul Reese's church is a beautiful church, like a church where he said, if there's anything ever weird, you speak up, girl. He's like, you have a voice. And that day that was like the vet showing me like there's a splint here. We're rehabbing it because you are going into a new season of ministry and we want you to jump higher and go farther than you've ever gone. And he gave me a fire exhortation of like that the bad, and that's what he said to me. He said, God allowed you to go through it because he knew it wouldn't break you. He said, mm-hmm. if it wouldn't happen to any of these other girls, it would break them. But to you, it didn't break you. He said, I believe in you. And he, this man's gone through more than anyone else I've ever known in my life. Like he's lost children. He's gone through the fires. He's been Pastor Raul Reese's guy for the last 50 years. This man's like a warrior. And to have a warrior say, girlfriend, I know you've been through it, but you're going to make it. And you're probably going to go through more in your life, but that doesn't define who you are and how you should see yourself. It's something God allows because you are called to empower and um, really walk others into freedom and healing. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I really walked out of his office that day. And I was like, you know, I truly, um, because I think a lot of the things that we go through when you just go through bad thing after bad thing after after bad thing, that's where our, the victim mentality comes in of like, am I just created for suffering? But then I right. look at Paul and that's what he told me. He said, look at Paul, God allowed the suffering because look at his ministry. And I was like, wow, that's so true. So that was one thing that I was really sitting with this week is that, you know, when when something begins to hurt, it's because God wants to heal it. Um, just like my horse and because especially going from one season to the next, because he wants, he doesn't want us to run with a limp, you know, or my horse, like jump with the limp. He really wants us to, to, to be like that champion, you know? And so, um, yeah, but I just was thinking about, as you guys were talking, I was just getting honestly, just so ministered to where I was like, yeah, Lord, I know I, I needed to hear all this today personally, because we so much often allow the bad things that happen to us or maybe continually happen to us to determine our identity. And I just, I've been, I've just been marinating in that this week and working through that. Yeah, no, listen, first of all, I'm just like (laughs) 
dropping my head on the table here. Like you, 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 the horse, the washer, the dryer, you guys, the, 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 the depth, you guys, the, I mean, for those of you listening, like the, the depth of the, the, the way that God speaks lessons and growth to these two chicks, man, is like really insane <laughs> to me. It just is amazing. You guys, you guys, it's so amazing and beautiful because, you know, like everything really, God is in everything. And if we see him in everything, we grow from everything. And I'm telling you, like, CB, you know, listen, <laughs> like he so does want us to have a voice and he wants us to be able to jump higher and to run fast and to enjoy life. And it is so obvious that, you know, the attack that Satan has had on humankind from day one is an attack on our identity. It literally, he took advantage of Eve's Lack of knowledge of who she was. Like, sister, you are standing in the Garden of Eden with the man that you were, that was perfectly, like, you were created perfectly to fit him. He was created perfectly to fit you because you were created from his rib. Okay, so let's just, let's just go right there. This was the perfect union of man and woman, male and female. Yes. She was a natural woman in the most natural sense of the word. I'm sorry. I have to call it if Aretha was alive today. Like, seriously. And in a moment of, but I want to know more. I, I, I really don't know who I am. But hold on. What she really didn't know after all that was who God was. And so when you don't know who God is, you really don't know who you are. Because if she really understood her position and who her God was, the God that created her, she would never have thought that this slippery, slimy serpent offering her some knowledge was going to give her something more than she had. She served the God of knowledge, who I'm sure she turned around and said, God, I have some questions. Can I ask you some questions that I have so that I can know the answers that may or may not be hidden in that apple? Like, would God not have answered her questions? Of course he would have. This is why it just, it eludes me why people ask questions about their identity to other people. Why do you go ask a doctor about your identity? Mm. No psychologist, no doctor, no surgeon, no anybody is equipped to tell you who you are. Like, seriously, they're not God. Oh, oh, you're going to cut this off of me because you're a surgeon and you know best. Let me tell you something. I know so many screwed up doctors. I know so, so many screwed up psychologists who are literally confused in their own lives. And you want to take advantage from them about your identity and how you should live your life, the very core of your existence. Oh my goodness. Mm. Oh my gosh. Baby girl, baby boy. Woo. (laughs) It's, it's actually pretty heartbreaking. I think this is like such, I mean, obviously we're on the, having a conversation on the cusp of like everything that's going on in our world. And, you know, people can't even define what a woman is and all the things. And I'm like, Lord, 
we need you and we need believers who truly believe like we need people to live Christ, to speak Jesus, to love like him and, and stand up for truth. Like, man, it it literally breaks my heart when I see all the confusion that people have and who God made them to be. Noah, completely, completely, because it's the easiest way to get you to destroy yourself. And Satan, look, Satan's job is done once you destroy yourself. I mean, okay, okay, I don't have to do anything more. I got that girl or that guy to take himself right out of the important game, period. And and you know what's so crazy is then people will find identity in the confusion that they now call their identity. And it's like, listen, and I say this from a place of love because I have been confused before about my identity. And the thing is like Christians need to stand up, but they need to stand up in the power of love. And the reality Mm -hmm. is the reason why they don't is because how do you spell love? T I M E. It takes time getting involved with messy people who might not even want your love It takes time. It takes energy. It takes love. It takes a true commitment to say, you know what? This is going to wreck my heart. This is going to interfere with my day. This is going to really probably not be fun, but I love this person so much that I, 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 and the, or these people so much, or this Mm -hmm. problem or this issue so much that I'm going to just so Love and truth into it because love is truth, guys. Mm-hmm. Love is truth. Truth love is, is truth. love, and love is inconvenient. Love is inconvenient, and so was the mm. cross. Ah, my drop. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Good. Right. Man, and people think that truth is you speak the truth in a lot of situations or in some ways. You're a racist. You're a, what mm. is it? A turf people who hate trans. I don't even know all the labels. You guys, I'm sorry. I, I'm there's, there's, too I many that hip. there's too there's many, too many, there's, I can't I even mean, keep up. <laughs> wait, there's so many labels for so many identities that there's not even an identity there. You, nobody even knows the labels anymore. I mean, come on, like whoever is branding your movement, whatever your movement is, whether your movement is Christianity or your movement is, you know, whatever your faith might be, or your movement is trans or LGBTQ, whoever's branding your movement, they suck. You need to fire them. I'm telling you because your movement is stupid. Nobody understands anybody else's movement. I'm sorry. And I don't, I mean, the only thing I understand is, you know, we're not going to talk about those movements. I mean, but seriously, it's all boo-boo. Nobody understands. We're all in a state of total confusion. It's the author of confusion. Yes. He's the author of confusion. And that's, that is the agenda. He is confusing people. Do not, he does not want people to know who they are because he does not want people to know Jesus. He does not want people to know the savior who will save them, who loves them, who is called them according to his purpose. He does not want it. And that is why when I see the confusion, I'm just like, huh, wow. Right. 
Right. Yeah. We know the author of that. Yeah. I'm not reading that book. No. Right. By the way, Satan doesn't even have a book. That's how much of a loser he is. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sure there are books out there that would call themselves like satanic worship books or whatever, but like they haven't stood any real test of time. Hmm. They don't have archaeological finds happening every week proving their existence. Hmm. So the truth is we need to go to the truth, period. That's it. Period. 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 And, and, and you know what, Cynthia, too, I think there's a righteous fire and anger in you, which honestly, I just love seeing it. And I love being a part and being a witness. I'm like, Cynthia is on fire right now. And your and actually your fire, the fire that you have, it causes me like to just all of a sudden that fire, I'm just like, it clears away all the stuff. And I go, what's the most important thing right now? And just what you said, love. And it takes time. Just like yeah. you said, it, yeah. we have to, and we have to be a people about that. And we have to know who we are. We cannot give from a place that we have not been period. Right. Mm. Right. And you guys we're we're at the, we're at the yeah. hour. We're going to wrap for this week. And uh, thank you for joining us here on girl club. Please like us, subscribe us, share with, with 10 friends, help us grow because I, I believe that, you know, the voice of real Jesus surrender, Jesus seeking Christians is just, I mean, the attempt to shut down the voice in this world and on social media is real, you know, and it's as real as the identity confusion that most people are living with every day of their lives. Um, I'm Cynthia Garrett with Nova Page and Christina Boudreaux. Uh, We will leave you for now, but remember, truth is love. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.